Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I'm your host, Makiba. I'm excited about this week's episode. So this week, I'm interviewing two amazing women who are former cheerleaders with the Jets flight crew named Samantha and Ashley. They have a wonderful program called Three Cheers Dance and Fitness, and I think it's an excellent program for young girls in their area. They're kind of in the North Jersey area, but they're expanding. They just got a studio, and I'm just really um, excited to talk about like the next generation of dancers in this space. Okay, so I'm going to catch you guys up a little bit because last week I had the absolute pleasure of meeting in person for the first time Tara Saunders, who is the founder, CEO, fashionista extraordinaire of Dallas Wear, you guys. I interviewed her uh, last summer as part of the podcast, and I just feel like we are like long lost childhood friends or something, and I can't even believe that that was our first time meeting. I miss you. We had such a wonderful time, you guys. I think we talked for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) I love you too. It was amazing. And I just, um, it just put me in a space of really being so grateful for this platform and the relationships that I've been able to establish. I know I haven't met a lot of you guys, but I feel like I know you. We talked for seven hours. Yes, Tara, let them know. We somehow managed to have this amazing conversation stretch way beyond dinner. They came over to our table like 50 million times trying to clear our plates, but we were grazing, talking, drinking, grazing. I mean, it was just amazing. I'm so excited to see you again. I already want to go back to Dallas. Um, I love traveling, you guys. If you don't know that about me, it's a big passion of mine. I That's why the Rona was driving me crazy, because I really do enjoy leaving Seattle, getting away from this weather, and just ex- having experiences. That's what life is all about. And uh, I was talking to Brittany about like possibly going to Austin next, because I've been there once before. It was unseasonably cold. I felt a little robbed. So I'm willing to obviously give it another chance to check it out. But let's see. So Ray says, you are amazing. When we met, it felt like we've known each other forever. You are an amazing person and so glad we got to connect, meet, and talk. Okay, so yes, Ray, I'm I'm a huge fan. And congrats, by the way. I'm going to get to the Baltimore Ravens cheerleaders auditions in a minute. Um, but when you joined me that night for live, Ray, like it just warmed my heart to a whole nother level. I mean, Brittany and I both enjoyed meeting you. And it did feel like we already knew each other. It's just crazy. And the energy that you give. And I just appreciate you guys giving energy back to me. I know these live sessions have just been on and popping with comments. And it's so exciting because I really do love hearing from you guys. I love connecting with you guys. And there's just so much to talk about. And so much so that I might uh, just move Cheer Chat to another night to give me more time to edit. Because I do want people who, you know, listen to the podcast in a more traditional way who don't maybe follow on Instagram or YouTube to be able to um, listen to these conversations. And I hope it just doesn't sound like ADD all over the place as I'm responding to your comments and whatnot. 
but it's just such good conversations. And again, I'm just really excited to keep that as part of the content. So hopefully Monday night works for you guys. If not, you know, maybe it's Sunday. I don't know. We're going to figure something out or I'm going to end up staying up all night editing, whichever it is. I'm down. I just want you guys to keep talking to me, keep writing to me and let me know if you want me to come through your city. Like, obviously, I'm waiting for games and the reason to travel to see you guys perform. I can't wait for that. But until then, I might just come and hang out. So that's what we're doing. I saw Danielle and oh my gosh, Candace in DC a couple weeks. Well, no, that was about a month ago now. Gosh. Um, but we got together and had cocktails and I'm just like, I'm here for it all. Like it was amazing. Danielle, how long were we at that restaurant? We were there for like quite a bit, I think as well, but y'all know I'm chatty patty. I can talk. Okay. Let me just go through the roster. Cause let's see at the start of the year, I was in, in January. I went to Atlanta and I saw Jasmine, the owner of Next Level Prep, and got to sit in on one of her classes. I know I talked about it, but I'm just thinking of all the other places that I've been since the start of the year. I went to Aruba, Brittany and I went down to Long Beach, DC, Texas. Like I'm down to go anywhere. I know that it's changed now. I was doing all this traveling, you guys, before the tickets went up and before people felt so comfortable to travel. But I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm gonna be in Florida for a week in the first full week of July. The office is closed and I am just out of here. I'll be kind of in the Fort Lauderdale area. And as soon as the cicadas leave, gross, you guys, I cannot even handle the cicadas for 2.5 seconds. As soon as they're gone, <laughs> I will uh, come back to the DMV area. I also have to get up to Philly as well. Oh, you're going to take me to some vegan spots, huh, Ray? Okay, okay, okay. I'm down. I don't think I've actually tried too much vegan food and whatnot, but you know, I could probably use a little dietary change here and there. Um, so anyway, I love you guys and I'm excited to chat with you again tonight. Um, again, this interview this week is with Samantha and Ashley of Three Cheers Dance and Fitness. So let's get started. I want to talk retirement, the sad stuff, and then we'll get to the happier stuff with um, auditions. But I'm sure you guys have seen the announcements. I know that some of the teams posted out on their official account and other teams, you know, the dancers will just post their goodbye post farewell Friday or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know about you, but it makes me a little sad. I mean, it, I'm not naming everybody because I'll miss somebody and then I'll feel bad. But with DCC, they did this whole tweet that had like all of the DCC cheerleaders that were announcing their retirement and Brianna, Sienna, and like Savannah, just people that I was just like, really? Dang, you know, um, all of them, all, actually, we want them all to stay every year. And then just a couple people from Rams and, and obviously Denver Broncos. And these were people that actually stood out to me in my own way. I mean, we all watch everybody and probably connect with different people. But Gabriella from the Denver Broncos cheerleaders was one of the cheerleaders that I drafted for the NFL draft that I did. Um, and she's retiring. And Brittany from the Rams also retired. And she was the other cheerleader that I picked for my draft. So D from DVC, like there's just a lot of people that have the most touching announcements of their retirement. And it just takes me back to that moment where you're trying to put the words together. Like, how do I sum up these past five years or however many years? And it gets pretty emotional. And I know that it's because it's audition season, it's very bittersweet for people because, you know, you're probably having that little itch inside. Like, I'm not really done, even though you know you're done. But I encourage you guys to you know, just give people their flowers now. You know, if somebody you've always admired or looked up to or inspired you to audition for that team, you know, just sharing that with them because 
you want to feel like you made your lasting mark on an organization or at least did your best to represent the organization. So if one of these retiring cheerleaders have touched you, I think reaching out and letting them know is a beautiful thing. It, it's part of the healing of, you know, stepping away from this world that we love so much. So, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the women that are retiring. I haven't seen any male announcements of retirement, but again, I might be missing stuff. It's impossible to keep up with Instagram and their lovely little algorithm. Um, okay, so let's talk auditions. You guys ready? So I'm waiting, obviously, for more official announcements. Again, this was like scrolling through and seeing people post in like the Baltimore Ravens Stadium, you know, like year two, year three, year four. Um, I just want to give a huge congratulations to everybody who made the team. Not a lot of information that I was able to like pull together for what the audition process was like for you guys. Not a lot, at least on social media, but I'm sure it was a very challenging audition. And, you know, with the virtual whatnot, I'm sure the numbers were pretty competitive. So congratulations on making the team again. Again, I always get excited when I see people who have been very, um, you know, open about their journey, um, you know, with whether they're posting about the audition prep company that they used. Um, but just seeing people make the team uh, is just really exciting because I know that you worked your butt off to make that goal come true. And so I just, again, congratulate you. I did see with the Titans, they definitely hyped up their auditions process just with their announcement video and just information on the judges, the finalists. Um, it was definitely pretty well covered, I would say, in social media, which is nice to see, kind of like the cults. Um, I see you guys in here, um, but I love it because obviously it gives me content in ways that I can keep up with what's going on. So they, I don't know how new this choreographer is, uh, Marissa, and I will jack up her last name, Malel or Malel. We need the phonetic spelling of this, but anyway, she's a former Titans cheerleader, uh, apparently was a So You Think You Can Dance alum, and it seems to be a shift, I would say, in this Titans style, but we'll see, but they showed a good amount of the uh, audition video, and you know, there's a lot going on, but these dancers look hella, hella talented. I mean, the people that made the team, um, some people that stood out to me, I'm just going to give them their shout outs because I just couldn't take my eyes off them. But Donovan's always kills it. You guys know this. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Augie and Cottrell, like, whoa, um, wow, male dancers that, and I don't know who's made like stunting versus dance, but I just know I saw in the clip that they were killing it. So I just wanted to say I'm excited to, you know, see the Titans cheerleaders in the performances this year. There were 51 finalists and they kept reiterating throughout that video that basically anybody could have made that team. It was just a super, super competitive year. But it's exciting when you get to see like the teams form and the more footage teams show, the absolute better because we can all just relish in it and get excited for people who are going through the process. But yeah, Augie was killing it. Cottrell was killing it. Donovan was killing it. I'm just shouting out the guys. I really did like too that they included in the video some of the questions that the judges asked real time. I mean, you have the judges panel and I don't know if they did that before they danced like we used to do back in the day, but very well-spoken, articulate answers that were given that I thought were not the kind of, I mean, it's a little pageant-like, but I do think it's good to see real time for everybody to see, not just like in a one-on-one -on -one interview, but like how you present yourself, when the pressure's on, before you're about to perform and how you would engage with people. And one of the questions was more or less, you're at an event, they describe you know, the community service event and somebody asks you why you're here. I think it was something around feeding the homeless or something like that. What would you answer? How would you answer a reporter who asked why are the cheerleaders here? 
And I think that was really a great way of kind of putting you in a situation, in a scenario where you're thinking on your feet, um, because we are put in all sorts of situations. You guys know this. And the press is always there asking some question that maybe you can fumble up on, but having that composure and maturity to be able to speak well for the organization on behalf of it is just a really important uh, skill set to have. And I thought it was interesting that the Titans cheerleaders fall under their community engagement. I forget the technical title, but they fall under that piece of the organization. So it's really, really not focused at all on purely game day entertainment. They're really strong on being an ambassador of an organization. And we all know that, but I think it's just really important to think about, especially in terms of your interviews, if you're still going through the process, how you would represent the organization in different scenarios and maybe being able to speak to examples of your community service that you've done. I mean, we've all you know been in school or community service through our jobs. And so, you know, just showing that you're well-rounded and you can handle different scenarios, I think it's just a great skill. And they definitely pulled that out in their auditions process, which I thought was great. So congratulations to all of the Tennessee Titans cheerleaders. I'm excited to see what you have in store in terms of your choreography. The choreographer definitely seemed to be excited to throw a bunch of different styles your way instead of kind of like a a one-note wonder. And obviously the stunting is super exciting to watch as well. And the tumbling, like it should be a pretty dynamic game. I wish, I kind of want to go to Nashville too. That might be on my list, but I'm excited to go to a game somewhere when things, you know, officially, watch me not be able to get a ticket, but whatever, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So the next topic, uh, you guys are amazing in sending me whatever, whether it's like an audition video, you send me, you know, videos of you dancing, kind of like asking for input, um, questions, things you want me to weigh in on, all sorts of things. And I love that. And I like being open to talking about whatever you want me to talk about. Um, If you want me to keep it private, I will. If you want me to talk about it on the podcast, I try to do that. And I think I've struggled a little bit because I've had a couple people send me uh, the videos from the Seahawks auditions that are underway for the Seahawks dancers. I think this is their semifinal routine and they have the option of submitting either a hip hop video or an NFL jazz style video. And this is the truth behind the palms. I try to be as honest and truthful as possible, representing my own opinion, which I'm entitled to have. And just kind of saying some of the things that I think are maybe perceived as difficult, but it's always coming from a place of love and respect. And I really struggled because in watching the, the Seahawks answers videos, I just admit I was left feeling confused about, again, and I know this is something, this is my city, my town, my team. Um, I was not part of the Seahawks dancers. I was part of the Seagulls dancers, cheerleaders that were the all-female team. So there's a lot of differences, and I know a lot of changes that have taken place, and I've already spoken on them, I think, at nauseum. But I just will say, like, because I am looking at the entire spectrum for NFL, NBA, and beyond that, I definitely, it's not even like it's about a competition or anything like that, but, you know, you're seeing the level of... uh, skill or styles and what I'm witnessing are teams that have like stuck to their identity Um, they know who they are they know what they do well and they do that and they haven't really strayed from the formula Um, you have teams that are moving in different directions focusing on athleticism and 
dancing, you know, maybe they've gone co-ed. There are different changes that are happening in our space. And I'm trying to be, you know, welcome and embracing of all of them, right? But I think when I look at routines and choreography, I'd like to feel connected in some kind of way. I know we got limitations with the music that we can use and all of these things, but you know, it's supposed to leave you feeling something like, wow, they were killing it, or I love this one moment, or this looked cool, or that looked cool. And I was just struggling to appreciate what I was seeing in terms of like two distinct styles, like one was hip hop, one was jazz, and it didn't feel like there was a difference, number one, between the two. I struggled in thinking about a male performer doing the hip hop piece because it really didn't read hip hop to me. And I'm only saying this in this forum because people wanted me to talk about it. And I just think that as we look at the whole entire industry and landscape, it's just kind of like maybe taking a step back of like really thinking about where that team is falls in the broader spectrum of other NFL programs, because it just seems to be to me like the program is lacking in terms of just like in terms of identity. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not trying to talk crap about the choreographer. It's really more like just the choreography, I think, represents the style of the team. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I feel like you just get the vibe of the team and what they're going for. And I just was left confused. And that was just a really awkward feeling to have, because I think if you're trying to do so many different things and you don't really have like your lane that you're really just trying to like excel in and be the ultimate best in, then I think it kind of can get muddied and, and lost. And I, I felt that from watching it and I just, people asked what I thought about it and I struggled because it's not even about a loyalty thing. I think it's really just like somebody who will say the truth, you know, like if, you're with your friend and somebody's got a freaking booger in their nose. You know, there's a type of friend that will just not say anything because they don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever. And then there's the kind of friend that will just pull you to the side and be like, hey, girl, hey, like, you know, you have something right here and we're done with it. We're, it's not personal. It's not an attack. It's not to be embarrassing anyone. Um, but I just I want what's best for all the dancers in that program and you know, I know it's been a difficult transition to make, but I would just say that I I think it might be a time to like reset what we're really going for with the Seahawks Dancers program and then just kind of really having like a respect for uh, for the genres of dance, because this can be like a whole other topic of like hip hop and like what somebody called. I think it was who was it? Kayla Marie Jackson, who coined it beautifully called cheer hop, which is like not hip hop at all. It's very, it's just not it. And I think as we see these teams form that are going to be hip hop focused or, you know, that we just are really mindful of the genre and respectful of that because what I saw was not really like representative of what I would think of hip hop, whether it's NFL or cheer hop or not. It's just kind of like, you know, you can't just call it any old thing and you want it to kind of speak to the true identity of what you're what you're representing it as an organization. And I, I, it hurts my heart because I love my Seahawks. I love the people that are on the team, the people who are leading the team. But it's really just, I have to be honest, just based on my opinion and my perspective, that I think compared to other teams, somebody sent me like the Dolphins, somebody sent me the Titans audition choreography. And, you know, I'm looking at different teams and I'm just seeing that there's like a, a certain level, you know, of what they're trying to bring and they're 
again, kind of true to the identity of that team. And so it, it was awkward to see us being represented in a way that really didn't leave you with a clear sense of what you're going for. Does that make sense? I'm just going to share that and leave it there. It is, again, not to talk shit about anybody or anything. Um, but it's one of those things that made it hard to watch the change that was happening because it really really was just confusing of who who are the Seahawks answers and what are they truly about. And I do think the choreography should match whatever that image is, right? And it doesn't seem to be gelling. And I just, I want us to be better, be the, not even the best. It's not about, like I said, a competition, but it wasn't like a good look in a way that really, like I said, represented the true genre of hip hop, as well as just kind of like, what are we really going for with the style? And I don't know how you guys felt, whoever's auditioning for Seahawks Answers, how did the choreography read for you? Did you feel good dancing it? Did it seem fun? It just, you know, y'all let me know. Some people ask me, I'm letting y'all know, but you can let me know your take on it. Maybe, you know, and there's something for everybody. Maybe people really attach to that style and think, you know, and feel like that that's the right fit based on your skill set and training. But you guys have like a really different field. I feel like our landscape is definitely changing and you're going to have to definitely be paying attention to the choreography. We talked about that with the Washington football team and what they threw at people in the auditions process. If you're really going to be talking about hip hop and somebody's going to teach you a pop lock and drop it type of routine, like you have to really know your stuff and really just kind of be true to who you are. If that makes any sense, I'm going to leave it alone. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. Y'all last. If you want me to find on anything, send it to me. I will give you my two cents. It's just my two cents, right? But I want what's best for everybody. I'm rooting for everybody. I want everybody to be presented in their best light. That's that. So the last thing that I have on my list to talk about is the Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And, you know, I go back and forth with the, well, number one, I can't keep up with all of the you know, such and such day, happy donut day, happy this day, you know, all the different months of the year, obviously Black History Month, I'm going to know that, right? And I just hate that feeling of like jumping on something just because it's that month. Like you obviously would ideally be celebrating these things all year long, right? But it is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And I'm sure you guys are aware, last Thursday, President Joe Biden signed into law the uh, COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act, which is intended to address, you know, all like more than 6,600 hate incidents against the AAPI community um, just in this last year due to COVID and just flat out hatred. Um, and so it's definitely a step in the right direction. The legislation is really intended to make it easier for people to report these crimes and for law enforcement to respond to them. We're talking about making things more accessible in terms of languages and just, you know, a, a public education aspect to it as well so that people can use the right language when they're talking about COVID-19 and not be racially discriminatory in that sense. But I just wanted to open the floor. This is definitely, like I said, the platform that belongs to all of us in this space. And, you know, I talked to some of my closest friends about what's a good way to kind of open the floor without seemingly like pouncing on this topic because it's super, super sensitive. And there were a couple of people that did respond to me reaching out. Um, I would love to have an episode about it, but I also want to respect people's willingness to talk about things, right? Because it was a struggle last summer with BLM and how this was impacting our space and talking about it was definitely difficult, but it felt like something I had to do. 
um, it was the right thing to do. Um, so I just want to offer this space for you as well. And obviously I'm not of Asian American Pacific Islander descent, but I wanted to just share what it means to me in this space, just things that I've thought about, uh, for sure with, you know, the Stop Asian Hate um, campaign and kind of like thinking about BLM and how a lot of black cheerleaders felt at the time. I hope that you have felt supported by your organization. I hope that there was a statement put out by your organization around this issue. I did see a lot of that. I reposted a lot of things as well. It's a difficult thing to talk about, but it just seems seems like there's just not a willingness to address it head on. It's almost just like easier to ignore it or not say anything. And again, I, I've often wondered if there was, you know, any situations where the people on my team were maybe, you know, felt slighted or invisible, or if they experienced some discriminatory behavior. Um, you know, you some of the teams go to Hong Kong. I think there's always like this thing with there's something going on that has anything to do with your racial background. Sometimes the teams will be like, snatch you up, and they want to put you on the website. And you're kind of like, whoa, you know, hello. And you do it because you're excited about it. We talked a little bit about that last week with diversity. But I'm just going to share my something that happened my rookie year that definitely made me proud and excited about the level of diversity with the Seahawks because uh rookie year and this woman Geraldine we call her Jelly she is part of my crew of closest friends from Seahawks but you know this is around the time with where you know it's very early in the season we had shot this calendar but you know nobody knew who was on the cover if it was going to be a group shot a single shot and when the director showed the cover of the Seahawks magazine, okay, calendar here, show and tell time, um, this is Jelly. And when I tell you, like, the gasps and the, uh, the reaction in the room was really, really telling, I think that it was definitely a surprise. I mean, here you have a rookie. But I think what was really, really telling was just you have this beautiful Filipina on, like, the cover of the calendar. And it was just... I felt super proud and excited because it really, I think everybody expects to see the same symbol of beauty over and over and over again. And I just loved that our director at the time just was very, very bold in picking the most beautiful picture that she felt was in the calendar. And, you know, I remember that year just thinking, because in Seattle, we have a huge community, Asian American, Pacific Islander, Native as well. And so um, I tagged a bunch of pictures because I was kind of going down memory lane, but I just want to kind of share with you guys, I think when you see people for who they are and the beauty in their differences, it just feels really dang on good. And I remember that feeling my rookie year of like what representation, I think that was probably the first time outside of just being super proud of being a black woman. And obviously you get pumped when you see that kind of representation for your own, but that was kind of in this space pro cheerleading, it was the first time that I felt that excited about somebody else being elevated in that way, because I just think we often are overlooked. Oh, why am I showing this calendar like that? But I'm showing you because this is what struck me. It was just looking at the wide variety of people represented on our team and just, you know, the beauty in that and showcasing that it means something. I'm not Asian and it touched my behind. I just wanted to kind of showcase the importance of diversity and not just always it being kind of a black white issue it's just really celebrating the beauty in everyone and these calendars to me especially when they were revealed at the time my rookie year was just 
a pretty loud statement of that. But I want to, again, just kind of close out by saying this platform is here for everybody to share their story, share their perspective and experience. And I don't want to do it in any sort of like tokenistic way or anything that would obviously make people feel uncomfortable. But I think just in trying to share the space, share how it touches me personally, that's my goal with this platform. So if you want to be a part of the episode, again, I have a couple people. I couldn't get the scheduling down to have an episode this week, but I would love that. If there's just anything that you want to kind of talk about collectively together, I think there's been episodes where having a small group and the connections that you make, um, like my Mother's Day episode where I had five different women from NFL, NBA get together. And it's just a beautiful conversation, you guys, to talk about your experiences and realize how much you have in common with somebody else. And I think it's great for representation, showing that moms can do it, showing that what it's like being an African-American woman on a cheerleading team professionally. And I would love to do the same for anyone and everyone. So y'all let me know um, if that's something that you're interested in. But I did want to like state, especially because of the COVID-19 hate crime bill being enacted that I see you. I definitely think this is a very important issue. My friends know if you mess with them, then you mess with me. And I, I just really, really struggle thinking of anything like this happening to the people that I know and love that are close to me. And it's just a really tough topic to talk about. But I think people knowing that they're seen and heard is very, very important. And this platform is for, for you too. So Floor is open. If not, I'm going to wrap up and share with you the interview with Samantha and Ashley because it was a great conversation. I think I've said it plenty of times before, but when I was on Seagulls, one of the things that mattered the most to me was just the impact and the uh, connection with young girls, um, young boys now too, obviously. But our junior program was just like my f- absolute favorite thing to do. And having a program that works with the youth and instills self-confidence in young girls. It's just a beautiful thing. And I, it's, it's very, very important to me. And when I see this space changing or women in this space being disrespected and right in front of these young girls' eyes, it's really something that we just really have to keep in mind that we're all connected. Like people are looking up to you as a professional cheerleader or dancer. They want to be in your shoes one day. And so we really want to be responsible in the way that we reach out to them and the things that we stand up for in our current space right now because we're trying to preserve a world for them to be a part of in the future right so i do love this episode i think it just kind of connects the dots of like this is the level that everybody aspires to and so we do need to really be mindful of the outreach and the impression that we leave with these young men and women and I love that people are starting their own companies, their own nonprofits and ways of giving back. It's just a beautiful thing, you guys. These women retired from Jets and this was something that they decided to do together. And so it's really inspiring. I won't give too much away. Um, Jenna says, we need to get you some sponsors. Oh gosh, girl, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the, oh, listen here. Um, I just want to say that I am fueled by pure passion and I know that that feels like enough for me, but goodness knows that I need to treat this like a business and I know better, but you know, I just focus on the content and wanting to give you guys as much as I can that will hopefully be helpful along your journeys and whatnot. But yes, I need an agent and a marketing person and an intern and blah, 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 and some sponsors. Yes. Um, but thank you for saying that (laughs) we don't mind advertising. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, 
she said you do so much and need to be rewarded i hate ads though like if you between spotify or whatever like you put an ad on and i'm just instantly annoyed so that's how i've guided through doing this podcast is just like if i don't want to hear it then i'm sure somebody else doesn't want to hear it but i'm going to take what you're saying into consideration jasmine i do this out of love and passion and you know ultimately would it be nice if it made a little some some yeah we do have patreon that we just completely forgot about but as long as you guys are listening and getting something from it i'm fed so i appreciate that though. <laughs> and at some point i will get i will get it together but thanks for your patience you guys like i said this might shift to a monday kind of cheer chat night if i don't get my life together with editing it's just getting back in the rhythm of it you know how that goes but i look forward to chatting with you every week uh let's see oh somebody is thinking of trying out for the nba cleveland cavaliers powerhouse dancers um it's coming up in july yeah nba auditions are right around the corner you guys and so we'll definitely be talking about that as it gets closer it is already pretty much june so we got not a lot of time and i think a lot of the nfl auditions are happening in june too so there will be plenty to discuss and um i will be keeping you posted congratulations again to everybody who has made the teams over the past weekend that submitted their videos that's like first step and now you just sit back and wait I'm putting all my good energy out there for you, obviously, to make the team. Keep me posted. I understand that the Bengals are also going through it. They're practicing really hard for their final showcase. So I will be peeled and tag me and share things with me. If you want me to, like I said, look at some videos, give my two cents, whatever. I'm here for it. And I love you. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Well, I'd like to welcome you both to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Today, you guys, I have two very special ladies, Ashley Gonzalez and Sam Scarpa, formerly of the New York Jets flight crew. I hear you guys are trying to steal our quarterback, so I'm going <laughs> to let that slide for now. But welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You guys are the founders of Three Cheers Dance and Fitness Program, and I'm excited to hear all about it. Um, obviously, a program that's focused on fitness and choreography and teaching the basics of becoming a pro cheerleader and starting at a younger age. So I'm excited to hear about what you guys are up to. I'm assuming you guys got to know each other from the Jets, but let's hear about your pro and cheer dance background. Okay. Either one could start. All right. You want me to go first, Sam? Yeah, alphabetical order. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so nice to meet you. I'm so excited to be here on the podcast. Um, so my cheer and dance background, I actually grew up a former gymnast. So my okay. dad was my gymnastics coach and he trained me from a very young age in competitive gymnastics. And through that, I grew a love for cheerleading. I, you know, I grew up doing both gymnastics and cheerleading. And it was great because they both like complimented one another. And then I actually didn't start dancing until later on when I was a little bit older, but I feel like cheer and dance are so, you know, so close, <laughs> tumbling intertwines with it. Um, so I kind of just like fell in love with all three and I was just growing up. I was like one of those kids. I feel, feel like if you ask the gymnast these days, like, oh, you know, what's your lifestyle? They're like, no, I'm in the gym from like morning to night every day seven days a week. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was pretty much my lifestyle growing up. But yeah, I did gymnastics. I competed. I did competitive cheerleading, recreational cheerleading, I cheered in high school. 
And then I started dancing. So I never really, I mean, when I was younger, I did like hip hop and I did maybe one or two ballet classes and then that was it for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I danced on a team in college, not for my college. I did like an, an arena team when I was in school. And then when I came back after college, came back home, I just kind of like, you know, I was like, what's the next step for me? And I just started like Googling, you know, local professional teams or any, any dance team at that age that I could audition for. And that's where it really took off. Awesome. Well, what about you, Sam? And then we'll get to how you guys met one another at the Jets. Sure. So similar to Ashley, I mean, my passion and my love is performing. So I started at a very young age, did dance, you know, took it to the competitive level, did cheerleading, performance arts, so theater, all of that good stuff. And I did that all throughout high school. And then when I went to college, I went to Pace University. I was studying communications. And because it's a city school, they didn't have any, you know, like cheering or dance teams to be a part of. You kind of had to major in that. And that was just like a gaping hole for me. I just missed it so much. Um, And I continue to teach. I have always had a love for kind of inspiring and helping youth, you know, cultivate their craft. Um, But I knew that, you know, my performance career wasn't done. So I kind of, similar to Ashley, looked for different auditions and did a couple of like, kind of like freelance jobs and was constantly auditioning. And then I auditioned for the Gotham City Chillators, which is funny because Ash and I were both on the Gotham City Chillators, which was the unofficial team for the New York Giants at the time. But we didn't meet through that. We missed each other by a year. Um, So we had always kind of like known each other, like, oh, you know, like that's the girl that now fills my shoes. And Ashley was, you know, part of that legacy. And we, we knew of each other. And then we ended up making the Jets flight crew the same exact year. And that's how... That's how our story began together, really. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely going through rookie year together. Those friendships that you form, I feel like, are just forever. So yeah. tell me about your time with the Jets. What years and, and how you enjoyed that experience? Okay, so we actually both made it in 2017. And my seasons were the in 2017 through 2019. So I was okay. on Zens. And I mean, it was an incredible experience. Like I said, when I was younger, you know, I grew up, I did gymnastics. I was always competing and like, just, I had a list and I'm like, okay, I need to get these things checked off my list at some point. But I always, when I was younger, looked up to like the dancers, the professional dancers, the professional cheerleaders. And it's just something I always wanted to do. So having made that team, it was just an incredible experience. And I'm just so thankful and happy that I was able to live that lifestyle and and check it off my list. And what about you, Sam? What years did you cheer? I cheered 2017 and 2018. And then in 2019, I did kind of like more of the fan engagement suite appearances um, because I retired that third year. Um, And it was an incredible experience. You know, I think one of the most important and valuable pieces are the friendships that you make and, you Mm -hmm. know, I think the personal development that comes with going through these different cheering programs. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was certainly challenging, but I think you come out on the other side with just a different respect for the sport, a different, you know, a deeper love for the sport. 
um, mm -hmm. and sisters that you didn't even know, you know, you could love so much or have that kind of relationship with. Yeah, it's definitely what I think anybody, after you walk away from it, it's like what you miss the most is just spending that much time with people who are dedicated to the same passion. And so it's something that you really miss, I think, just that time together. And so when you guys became friends, I'm assuming your rookie year, um, is that correct then? Yeah, crazy though. Like we were in different groups, but okay. me, Sam, and our three other friends, and we kind of just like, you know, we were all rookies together and we all just like stuck it out and we're still the best of friends to this date. And it's just crazy. Like you said, it's, those are the things that you really take away from it are the friendship, mm -hmm. the experience, you know, more importantly, the friendship. We exactly. all lived in the same kind of area. So we would pick nights out of the week to go, you know, additionally practice with one another too. So I think that just deepened the bond even more, you know. <laughs> Isn't that like the most fun part? I feel like with my best friends that I've made dancing, like the most fun that we probably would have are our practices where we were kind of preparing for practice, but yeah. you totally let your hair down and just goof off a little bit, but then you're working hard to be prepared, but we just would crack up and have the best times. Like, I swear, that's probably what I miss the most. And looking back at, you know, videos in my phone of us like practicing together, it's just hilarious. It's like the best, the best times. I mean, the blood, sweat, tears, and just kind of, I don't know, that's what I miss anyway. <laughs> it's well, like we have our friends chat, like of us, our little group. And, um, we send each other videos and like pictures of us like practicing in the studio like all those years ago. And it's just, it's so funny to laugh about it now, but like those nights we were definitely crying. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you get together and it's like, you need to go over a dance that you just learned. Like, you, I don't know what your practice schedule was, but you know, we'd had Tuesday, Thursdays. And so, man, sometimes it would just be like such a struggle bus trying to figure out, you know, what you just learned and being ready for the practice the next day or the practice before practice kind of thing. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Tears, but you know, laughter too, for sure. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you guys got together around the idea of three cheers then. How did that come about? So the year that Sam retired and I was continuing the season, my third season, I mean, this is something I'm so thankful for too, is like Sam and I share the same passions we're like on that same wavelength and like everything in life it's it's funny it was a discussion back then but you know sam was done and i was still cheering so it was something that we knew we couldn't start right away obviously and you would know it i was still on the team and i was still had that busy schedule and it was very time consuming and so for me i didn't want to just give it like 50 percent. so you know we talked about it we would have like zoom meetings about it we took notes and we did our research and just it was a fun topic of discussion for about a year and then when i came to the end of my third season we just spoke and we we're like all right like i'm retiring this is it like now we can really like talk about this stuff and you know take our ideas to the next level and then sam you want to talk sure. to and then covid19 decided that <laughs> it was gonna happen <laughs> so, I mean, we had spent like the previous year fleshing out an entire business plan like just kind of you know relaying to each other our vision and oh my god like you know my end goal would be to own a studio and to inspire all of these kids and to help these girls and blah 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 so we were like all right let's get to it you know messing around with logos talking about mission statements 
And then when Ashley was finally done in December, we were like, okay, we have to like get the ball rolling. We have to make this happen. So we were like planning classes, searching studios, you know, thinking of schedules that worked with our full-time jobs. And then the pandemic happened. And, you know, I feel like all of us needed to take a second to, you know, a little, a little self-care, self-love, take a, take a deep breath. Um, But then, you know, around maybe April or May, we were like, we can't let this stop us. Like it's now or never, like we're going to try and, you know, whatever it shakes out to be, you know, we'll take the appropriate twists and turns and see how this shakes out. And we spent the entire summer, you know, whether it was one person, whether it was a class of 15 teaching over zoom and starting to build that name and build that brand. And then by September, we live in an area where a lot of the surrounding towns are very passionate about their cheer programs. And those rec programs didn't exist this year. And, you know, the dance schools were kind of on a limited schedule. And it was nice that we got to build our brand, but at the same time, we got to serve as that space for girls who weren't getting what they normally get and what they, what they need to get, you know, that interaction with their friends, that structure, all the girls that are enrolled to are very passionate about dance and cheer. And to have that kind of stripped away from them, you know, it's heartbreaking. Um, But now we have a set schedule. We're growing at a very fast pace. Um, We're, you know, kind of breaking into these different markets and towns in our North Jersey area. So it's very exciting. Um, That's awesome. Well, Well, it's great that you guys um, were able to pick up again, because I think the way that the Rona slapped everybody down so hard, I think it was really probably a challenge for people to figure out. I mean, I experienced it even with a podcast, just trying to regroup and figure out, okay, how am I going to carry forward and what adjustments do I need to make? And that can definitely be daunting, especially if you're doing something that was planned to be in person for your, you know, customers or whatever, however you want to put it. But Moving to virtual, I mean, obviously we saw that in the NFL cheerleading and NBA, like the virtual auditions and all of that. As teachers, how do you feel the virtual instruction is going and how do you feel like the students are latching on to like the virtual, especially when they're younger? I'm just curious how that all works out for you guys. I feel like you teach more of the younger kids on Zoom, so you have a better experience with that. I mean... I think as a teacher, you need to be over communicative over Zoom. Uh, And I think things that you're teaching, you know, you just have to go bigger with it because, you know, that barrier is a little bit greater, even in terms of volume. I think even thinking about the logistics of Zoom, making sure that they can hear the music and it's not lagging or, you know, if someone's video freezes, like there's so much that goes into teaching over a virtual platform. Um, I think the ones that are very engaged and they want to grow in the sport, they definitely, their attention spans a little bit better, but those that are doing it for a recreational purpose, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult to teach them than in person um, because Mm -hmm. I think that drive is to see their friends and to, you know, to be all together. And when they're doing it from their kitchen, I think it becomes a little bit difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Just creating that sense of, I won't say community, but just like that connection that obviously being in a classroom together, it's all been a mystery to me. I mean, I've joined a couple of Zoom classes and it, it totally is the instructor to really get everybody motivated and feeling like, like I see you, I know it, you know, I'm watching you and just to stay engaged is, is really a gift that I'm sure for, is a stretch for a lot of people who, who've been teaching, but trying to connect through a virtual space is adds another layer and to make somebody feel connected and inspired and motivated during that class i'm just putting my my hat off to you guys because i know it's not it couldn't be easy 
do you find like with the older kids that they are struggling in any way with having, you know, dance and cheer somewhat shift in this way for them? Or is everybody kind of adjusting the way that we all have to adjust? I mean, what I think is funny is I think the younger ones probably, you know, maybe middle school, a little bit lower, they're the most resilient, I think, because they're, mm. they're kind of just like in this mode of, you know, mom and dad said, and this is the way the world is, and I'm going to wear my mask and blah, blah, blah. But then you have, you know, that a little bit older when we start to hit eighth grade into high school into college, it's a little bit harder for them to wrap their heads around um, just because they've been you know, they know that feeling of being in a class setting. And when it's altered in such a large way, I mean, for anyone, for an adult, for anyone, it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to reprogram your brain from getting corrections to, you know, watching the instructor. I think there's a lot of layers that go into it. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? Do you kind of feel that in teaching as well? Yeah. And so the great thing about three cheers is like we do dance and cheer and gymnastics and tumbling and all of the fun stuff. I teach a lot of the gymnastics classes. So for me, thankfully, up until this point, we've been able to teach in person safely. Um, and we've oh, done, done a great job as far as like, you know, taking precaution, keeping the kids safe. But I would find it extremely difficult to have to teach like a gymnastics class over zoom it's like how do i even do that? how do you spot people and like give instruction yeah. to do stuff it just it's so different thankfully for a dance class if you're doing especially like the younger kids you know you play some music in the background and it's like a follow along um but if you like really if you feel like okay this is a class these kids need your like full undivided attention your like hands-on instruction it's so hard and the kids don't enjoy that I feel like, you know, the classes or the privates that I teach for gymnastics, they get so excited when I like open up the mat and I'm there and I'm spotting them. And it's just so different. I feel like, you know, they sit on Zoom. I think this is the problem that we're having too, is that the kids are on Zoom all day for school. And, you know, maybe some kids like it and maybe some kids really don't like it, but to have to sit on Zoom all day for school and then to have to sit on Zoom for an activity after school, it's like, oh my goodness, it's so draining. Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about like us adults who sit on, you know, a 45 minute work call on Zoom. These kids are on for hours and hours and hours during school hours and then potentially after school hours. So they definitely do love the activity in person. I, I think it's great for them right now. Like Sam was saying, in this area, a lot of the programs aren't, they're not up and running. They haven't been for almost a year. So thankfully, you know, we're here and we provide that. And we're just trying to get that message across to as many markets as possible so that these kids can get some some fun in their lives. Right? Because that's yeah. what's moving. And I, I think my kids are teens, but, you know, the last thing that they want to hear about is the a Zoom extracurricular activity. I mean, I'm still trying to force that when I can, but it's definitely not like something they're looking forward to. So being able to have something in person and with people that they look up to, um, I wanted to ask, like, how do you guys kind of weave in the pro style of cheerleading or dance with your classes? Like, it sounds like you were trying to just start earlier showing them like kind of what being a pro cheerleader is all about. So how do you incorporate that into your classes or instruction or conversations about the world of pro cheerleading and what they can aspire to when they're older? 
you know, when we came up with the concept and the brand of three cheers, we really wanted to execute on building that hybrid model so that when they go to a pro cheer dance audition, you know, whether it be um, NHL, NBA, NFL, um, some of these terms aren't brand new for them or the style isn't, you know, like a, a shock for them. Um, so we try to incorporate, you know, the cheer motions into our training, um, conditioning into our training, right? So thinking about those long game days, long audition days, working on their high kicks, flexibility, um, the beginning basics of kick line, working on some, you know, dance technique, turns, like I said, those higher kicks, and then just giving them choreography that really is like a hybrid of kind of jazz, hip hop, and then that strong cheerleading base as well. Um, just so they're really well-rounded and can walk into, you know, a cheer class or a dance class or a pro audition and feel really confident. No, that's awesome. It's great to be able to kind of like what you experience with a junior program where they're kind of learning our style of choreography a little bit, obviously for kids, but that's amazing to give that training a lot earlier, especially like kick lines. I think it's so cute the times where I try to do a dance clinic and you're teaching the kids like how to connect and just like the, the mechanics of a kick line. It is the most adorable thing because it is foreign to them. And I don't know when they would normally see it. And it has to be exciting because they're understanding like that this is what the pros do. Because I think what we don't really think about enough is just like the connection that we have from kids that are I don't know, starting classes at two, three years old, whether it's dance or cheer. And just like, we're at the top of what they would strive to do. Like this is the next level that everybody strives towards if they're continuing in their craft and starting with them that young so that they are building the right skill set to like make it at that level. So there's not something they're figuring out as an adult when they're at the age where they can audition. How do they take on to that? Like, do you talk to them about like the dream or the goal of cheering professionally and dancing professionally? You know what? That's a good question. They ask us questions. I had two girls today. Um, I had a gymnastics class earlier and they actually said, they were like, did you and Miss Sam cheer for football? And I was like, yes, we did. And they were like, yeah. And then the one sister was like, they were the cheerleaders on TV. And I'm like, but the younger girls, they're still learning and like trying to together. Like, what is it that they did cheerleading, but they were on TV. So it's like, they're trying to put the pieces together for the older girls, obviously, like, you know, some of us are thinking about auditioning and what Sam and I are really trying to get is those girls that are in high school, especially right now with not having, you know, high school cheer, it's, it must be, I couldn't imagine like being a cheerleader growing up and cheering in high school and then maybe like going into your senior year and then cheerleading not being an option. It's like, oh, oh my God, what do you do? Because you want to, you want to cheer in college or you want to cheer after college and you need that, you need that last year. Of, of training and mm -hmm. it's just, it's a crazy, it's crazy to think about, but the girls that we have in our classes, especially the young ones, you know, we give them pom-poms for class and we always say, okay, you know, put your pom-poms down for now. We're going to take them out after we learn the choreography a few times, you know, we'll teach them some sidelines and we'll review everything. And then we'll say, okay, pick up your pom-poms. Like now it's time to dance full out. I feel like another thing might be, you know, if they think, okay, cheer, we have one group and it's like, okay, we're doing cheer, but automatically cheer is like stunting and put me up in the air. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, in our world, it's obviously when we were younger and cheerleading and recreational or competition or high school, you do those things, but in the NFL, you don't. So it's like, you have to kind of teach them the trends and, and show them the transition of 
what cheer is in that world and how it's, you know, it's mixed with dance. Or sometimes when we're explaining to the girls, you know, we're going to teach you a sideline. They're like, what's a sideline? Because they don't know. <laughs> know that. Yeah. They don't know that. But once they learn it, they actually enjoy it. And they're like, oh, this is fun. Can we do this one again? Can we do this one again? Those are the fun moments. I think something interesting too, with having like the hybrid cheer class, like, you know, we're promoting is they don't have like a football game to cheer for. So they're purely coming to the class and learning and training for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, kind of leans into the building confidence piece because they're showing up, not to say that, you know, with rec programs, when you cheer for football, that you're not building confidence and you're not doing it for yourself. But I do think it has a different feel like when you go and take a dance class, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that hour is about you and, you know, there's no one watching you and it's not for a game. Um, I think it's interesting for cheer, you know, to have that kind of class just focused on you and you're showing up for yourself and you're building confidence through the different skills that you're learning. And it's not really tied to a, like a bigger game or a, or a sports another yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And especially because I think one of the things that at least, and I'll just speak as an adult, right. But taking classes, you never really feel like that performance quality, like this is going to be part of something or like part of an entertainment. And so I think if, especially if you guys are also providing that, like that's where that confidence comes from. I just think kids need that sense of like purpose and what they're doing. And like you said, it's great if it's not necessarily just attached to what, you know, the football team that they may have cheered for in a recreational club setting, Um, but you're doing it for yourself because that's kind of what it's all about. It's really like what you are pouring into it and what you're getting out of it is just, it's all about you and and a sense of team, obviously when they make a team as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's going to be rewarding for us at some point when, you know, things go back to normal and these cheer and dance programs are back up and running and competitions are happening and, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, in a few years from now, these girls that we're training now when they're in high school and they, you know, look back and say, oh, remember that time during, you know, <laughs> the world shut down, we cheered with Miss Ashley and Miss Sam, the professional yeah. cheerleaders, this and this and this, and you know, maybe their high school team won't be doing that, but that's something that maybe they can introduce to their team or I don't know. It's just, it's teaching them all these, like you said, introducing them to like a different world of cheer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we, we enjoy because I always say like growing up, I'm like, I either went to like a gymnastics gym or I either went to a cheerleading gym or I either went to a dance studio. And it's like, coming to three cheers, you're kind of getting like all of that in one place and you're learning from two former NFL cheerleaders. I'm like, you know, growing up as a kid, if something like that existed, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, I don't know, but that's so cool. It really is. I don't know what your junior program is like. I feel like we just slammed a lot into a couple weekends with a huge number of children. (laughs) We just needed more time, obviously, right? To really kind of like focus on things. You have like a halftime show that you're trying to put together. So it's really, really focused around that. But to like actually have it as a training program and like you said, getting the trifecta of the various lanes that people tend to be in, especially as kids, like it's not like an all in one kind of thing at all. And it's even more exciting when you throw on the experience that you both have as NFL cheerleaders and not even the credibility, but just knowing that you're getting the training that can help you do what they did one day is, is definitely great. I love what you guys are doing. That's awesome. I can imagine, especially as word spreads and people are like, wait, your daughter's doing what? Or, you know what I mean? Like 
yeah. you guys are probably going to be busier than you can even handle. Is it just the two of you or are you kind of starting to build out staff? Just us right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's nice that there's two of us because, you know, I, I think what we what we wanted to with three chairs is the dual instruction. I think it's mm -hmm. it's fun to kind of have the two teachers. Oh, two yeah. So we oh, actually okay. teach. I didn't realize. I thought you guys were teaching separately. Um, <laughs> you know, the gymnastics privates are separate, but um, or any gymnastics we or we'll do like combined tumbling classes or, you know, I'll do some of the more like higher level gymnastics classes myself, but all the cheer and dance we do together. Yeah, that makes it so much more fun. It is. It is. It's nice for us. I always feel like obviously after like retiring from NFL cheerleading, it's like you have that one period of time where you're like, oh, my body feels so good. Like it's a nice break. But then you get to this point where you're like, I miss dancing. And for mm -hmm. us, you know, maybe we're not going full out like we were when we were performing, but now we're still like bringing in that style. We still dance, we do sidelines and we're yeah. teaching the kids, but it's nice to get that back in our life for ourselves and dancing side by side together. It's fun. I bet. So that must take up a lot of time. I'm imagining just in terms of like getting the choreography together and kind of like being on the same page. So you guys must spend a good amount of time <laughs> together. We really to do. I see Sam more than I see my fiance <laughs> in the same apartment. I'm like, I spend more, spend more time together now than we do with our, our other halves. <laughs> but it's helping you guys grow a wonderful brand that I think is a need. When I think of expand, well, now my brain's just going in terms of expansion, right? But I just think it's such a great idea that would take hold in terms of other people wanting to provide that kind of training or for their kids. And so... I wish you guys all the best with that because you're only two people. So, you know, it might just be like you have to pull some other alumni from the flight crew um, <laughs> together to help you guys out. The last question I think I wanted to ask you guys was just because, um, you know, obviously with the Rona and mostly the Rona, right? But there, the opportunities for our youth to be involved with dance, as you guys have mentioned, you know, have been minimized quite a bit, even at the college level. We're seeing it at the pro level. Um, opportunities are kind of sliding away from us. So what would you guys say is your hope that the pro cheer world will be like for your kids in the future? If you could kind of like magic wand it, what would it look like? The list can go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good answer for this though. Obviously like this whole year of COVID and, and not being able to fully participate in, in activities like that, for the future, I obviously would hope that dancers could get back out on the court, on the field, whatever it is that you're doing. But another thing is like, I wish for something after that, like something to come from it. Once you're done, what's the next possibility for you having that on your plate? I wish there was something more. There was something waiting for you on the other side when you called it quits or you retired or whatever the case is. Obviously you have things that you can do like Sam and I are doing where it's your passion and you turn it into a business and, and now you're moving in a different direction. But I wish there was something more like, this is what you will get once you accomplish this type of thing. Mm. That's deep. In my mind, I guess it's because we're so heavily involved with like 
you know, game day entertainment and supporting a sports organization, both from like the community relations perspective. And then there's obviously like the fan engagement where you might possibly like doing things to support what they provide to suite holders and all of that, season ticket holders. There's just so many aspects of the organization that we touch that I wish that there was a component of our pro cheer program where like you're investing in opportunities to join the front office when you're done, like where that's a full on like known pathway. Because when you think about the number of women that are in the front office of these sport organizations, I mean, it's highly competitive in and of itself to get jobs in the front office, but like with everything that we devote to supporting the organization on all those fronts, like, I wish that if that was someone's dream on the team, like to your point, like that you had something that you were like putting in time for or getting a pathway to to really go after that, especially if you wanted to still be involved with sports, that would be really, really nice. Yeah, it would. And I feel like that's, um, you know, I feel like that's something that people always ask me too. Oh, like, you know, aside from the experience, what did you get out of it? And it's a hard question. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's many things that you get out of it. Like we talked about earlier, the experience, the memories, the friendships, but I feel like after us putting so much time and effort and, and passion into something like that, you would think that there would be something more, um, but it's kind of just like a dead end. We should do something about that, actually. <laughs> like, that is such an interesting point to me because it shouldn't be a dead end. And I think that's why a lot of people feel like they're jumping off a cliff when they retire and they walk away because they weren't thinking about the end or, you know, or maybe the end came and they weren't hoping for the end just yet with auditioning every year. And it just becomes this huge drop off in activity and connectedness and all these things. And there should be conversation around kind of like whether you're looking at wanting to be a coach one day, like how can you build that pipeline or getting the experience with choreographing different routines or whatever your hope and goal is or aspiration after you're done, if you're thinking about it, at least there should be some kind of pathway bridge, something that's created so that you're able to pursue that. I agree. Anyway, I want to make a mental note of that because that's important. I mean, that's something we earn that much, right? Like with everything you put into it, like, not to say the opportunity could just be given to you, but at least put your foot in the dang on door, especially for the more highly competitive roles um, that are very much male dominated too. Like we should get some consideration for whatever we want to break into from there. Being a reporter, like whatever it is, fill in the blank. We should do that. Thank you for that, Ashley. That dang, that's like, <laughs> like check all over that. What about you, Sam? What do you think? I was like, wait a minute, I have a really good answer for this. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> but that's just something that I like, it's an easy answer for me. Cause I just, it's something that I always think about, like, especially because people always ask straight up honest, that's what I wish for the future. I wish it was something that was provided now for people, but it's, it is a good point. And I think it's something to definitely change moving forward. That should be something that we have the ability to look forward to after giving so much of our time and dedication to the organization. So yeah, definitely. What about you? What about you, Sam? What do you see for the future and hope for your the kids that you're working with today? I just, you know, I think having a little like, stronger guidelines for the organizations at large. I, I, I think when younger girls, you know, when you apply for a job in, you know, the workspace, right? You go into there kind of knowing 
if something doesn't feel right or if it's wrong, I can go to HR and my voice will be heard and whether, you know, that person gets fired or spoken to, whatever the case is, you know, something usually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, unfortunately, I feel like in the NFL cheerleading world, you know, you feel wrong for using your voice sometimes and it's nothing you did. And it's hard enough being a young lady. And, you know, by the time that they get to the pro field, I would like for that to be different. I would like for them to feel comfortable, you know, speaking up against things that are, you know, injustices or not right, or, you know, just make sure that it's a comfortable work environment. At the end of the day, you know, you're on payroll, it's a job, you know, you deserve that much to be comfortable in your workspace. Yeah, absolutely. And just having a safe place to raise those concerns and not worrying about your spot on the team or, or anything that would silence your voice. Um, that's just something that it's unfortunate that we don't have that. I mean, frankly, it's, it's, an, it's an embarrassment to the NFL and I think different teams. If that culture isn't something that's promoted where we really are empowering you and when you do use your voice, this is what happens in a positive way from it, not either it falls on deaf ears or you're punished or retaliated against for bringing it up. Um, and especially working with youth, I just feel like that's something that you like when you're teaching them to have confidence in themselves and to use their voice and all of the wonderful like personal development that you're probably teaching them, it can't just drop off once you make it to the pro level, like all of those wonderful lessons that you've received and experiences where you have set up and you feel emboldened and then you get to the NFL and it's like rookie year, shut up and don't say anything. And like, just, you know, it can't work that way. It cannot work that way. And it's just important for them to see that it's worth it to take that risk. Cause sometimes doing the right thing and speaking up for yourself is not always gonna be the easy thing to do, but it's worth it. And that's my hope too. I mean, frankly, is just that this space, I know it needs a lot of change and it's really dicey right now, but I just think of people who are coming up behind us that deserve to have a better place or space to, to pursue their passion and their goals and dreams. And um, it takes programs like yours to really start to, those building blocks, both in terms of skills and dance, but also just personally in their development um, so that they can thrive at this level versus kind of just be set back decades, frankly. <laughs> um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think it's it's really important and it's, a, it's an experience that, like you mentioned, just getting it all in one place from some talented women who have put in the time and um, have the background to show them what being a pro cheerleader is really about. I think it's really awesome. And I'm happy that I got to meet you guys and to like bring it to a podcast episode for everybody to consume. And where can people find out more? I know you're in the North New Jersey area, but where can people learn more about your program? Well, we're on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're still like, that's something we're truly trying to do in these next couple of months. And and this year, especially, you know, we want people to know about us all over, obviously, Mm -hmm. importantly, in the North. Jersey area because that's where we're that this is where we are and where we're serving our community. Um, but Instagram, we're on Facebook. And- we bought a website domain the other day, so go us. It'll be launched probably next week. <laughs> like- awesome. Hey, I'm I'm all for like it's been a slow crawl. Like the time that you spend investing in just whatever your service is, your product, your service, your whatever especially when you're doing it with a, either by yourself or small team, like it takes like a whole other like life to put together the marketing and like 
you know, the branding, like it's, it's a lot. So, I mean, pat yourself on the back for every little step because it's something that it takes a lot, especially when you're just trying to focus on like the instruction or whatever it is. And I have to keep telling myself that too. Like when you focus on at least the quality of what you're doing and the purpose behind it, I do truly feel like it will all come, you know, I come in, in due time. I'm not that you can just ignore it and not do anything, but when you focus on that and you're doing such important work, it's just kind of like, you got to just trust and believe that word will spread and that you'll definitely continue to grow. And especially if you guys have the virtual component too, like for people to be able to join you guys virtually, I mean, you don't have to be limited to the New Jersey area. So I can put links in the show notes to your website and obviously your Instagram so people can find you and learn more. What's your favorite either story or trait or what you appreciate the most about the other, like whether it's a good story of your time cheering together or just what you appreciate <laughs> about your your other half in this three cheers dance and fitness program. So it could be back to your cheerleading days or just what you appreciate the most about each other. Sam, go first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so excited to share this. <laughs> so, so I guess I'll, I'll, I have to say both. So Tree, Ash is, Ashley is the most loyal friend ever like I I know this girl has my back like probably since you know I met you you're just a straight a straight shooter and you know I can come to you with anything and you listen and you know this is why we're business partners because you're loyal and trustworthy but one of my my newer favorite stories of our friendship is over the summer Ashley had her engagement party and she you know asked me to be a bridesmaid and I swear Makiba I thought I was being called to the team for a third year <laughs> running up on her pool deck like someone called my number embracing her like I was being called home like it was the best feeling <laughs> oh that is so sweet our photographer caught like this beautiful moment beautiful picture of me and Sam but it's so funny because when Sam when we looked at the picture and I sent it to Sam once he sent us the photos. She was like, Ash, I was so nervous. When you called me up, I felt like I made the team again. Like I made the NFL again. <laughs> well, it's such an honor too. And people think that it's like a given, but you know, when you have your friendships with your, you know, your friends and from cheering, but when they have like those moments of like having a baby or getting married, like you really do feel super special being a part of that, right? Because I don't know, I mean, at least that, way I felt it was my best friend but even still I wasn't sure like it was going to be a I'm definitely in your wedding kind of thing but it's just so special like it's almost like it cements that your friendship wasn't just about being on the team it's like I'm part of your life forever and ever especially period. now no, yeah. yeah right <laughs> no one's <laughs> so what's your favorite either story or aspect of your friendship with Sam Okay, so I'll go back. I'll say something about being like on the team together. Mm -hmm. Something I was like super thankful for, aside from being best of friends and, and sharing the journey together. I just feel like Sam and I always, we had a very similar journey. So it was always easy to talk about stuff with her. Sometimes when you're on a team like that, and I'm sure you, you know, you come from the same background, like it's hard. Obviously, yes, they're your sisters and they're your friends, but you're not necessarily close with everyone. So yeah. able to feel like you fully connect with someone in that environment, like you're lucky because everyone is on different levels and 
you don't know that what you're going through and what your journey is resonates with the person standing next to you. Thankfully, like not thankfully, but thankfully Sam and I, you know, we had very similar journeys. We were, we could talk and vent to one another and it just made it, it made it like easier. Um, yeah. And then now more thankful than ever, you know, she's my bridesmaid. We're still best of friends. We see each other all the time. We're business partners now. So I just feel so appreciative and I'm just proud of us. And I feel like I just, I love everything about Sam. I can trust her. She's, I can talk to her about anything. And one of my favorite things is that we're just so on the same level these days. And maybe it's because we spend so much time with one another that when we're like warming up for a class or like when we're teaching our, our class, so there's days where we plan stuff and then there's days where we don't. And we just kind of like go with, we just go with the wind. And Sam and I will literally do the same things. We'll call out the same things. We formatted it in our heads the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I mean, it's a beautiful thing, especially because, you know, sometimes working with friends or becoming especially if maybe if it's too much time together or whatever, or just is pursuing a business venture sometimes can impact the friendship. And I think it's great that you guys are, you know, like-minded and able to kind of rely and trust one another to really, to carry something forward as a, as a vision, because sometimes it can be, you know, I won't say like a death knell to a friendship, but sometimes, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. people yeah. say it for a reason, like don't work, don't mix friendship with business. And I don't always believe that, but I just think it's a, you guys are lucky to have one another and you're able to have each other's back and be on the same wavelength and, and supporting what you guys have started together, which is just an amazing, amazing program. I wish you guys both seriously the best of luck with it and keep tagging me and stuff so I can keep resharing it and all of that. And this was great. I'm so excited to meet you guys and hear about what you're doing. It's so much more personable than like, you know, messages and stuff when you just really get to talk to people and figure out what's going on. But this is a pretty awesome program you guys have started. Thank you. Yeah. yeah and girl of your podcast so like this like this month oh my gosh stop playing <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to learn oh a little goodness. bit more about it. super exciting and we're just you know that's another thing I'm thankful for is like we can connect about this stuff now over social media and over zoom chats and all of this crazy stuff yeah. that well, it's like in a way that we probably I wouldn't say wouldn't necessarily have been connected but it's just like it kind of forces you to be present for one another in a weird way, right? Like, I don't know, when life moves is moving a million miles a minute, maybe you don't even get around to looking at your messages properly or whatever, you're just not really as engaged. Um, but now we kind of have to be, <clears throat> excuse me, over social media and whatnot. But thank you so much for reaching out. Cause like my capacity to really like make a blank slate of like, okay, who do I want researching who to reach out to has gotten to be like, I used to love that part, but that part has gotten a little bit further away. So it's really nice when, people reach out and, and, and let me know what they're doing because then I can plug in and zone in and, and create the connection so that we can, so I can share it out because that's all I'm about is just when people are doing great things, I just want everybody to know, you know? So thanks for listening to the freaking podcast. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> there's so many times where you're just like, is anybody even paying attention? Like, does anybody listen? Even, I stopped looking at downloads and stuff and we're doing well. It's just like, I don't think of it that way anymore, but it's just, it's always touching to me to hear people say that they actually enjoy it and listen. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cause I feel like I'm talking to myself sometimes. So it's nice. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you.
No, thank you. If you have any ideas to Makiba about how we can, you know, keep the youth, you know, present to what's going on in the pro cheer world and, you know, just kind of help them develop their voice a little bit more. Like I'd always, I'd love to hear your wisdom and knowledge too. I appreciate that. I tell you, like, it's really been tough to think about how to be persuasive in the right way, right? Like when you feel like the voices have been ignored for so long or they're just not quite getting it. What's another way that we can maybe try to illustrate not just our value and our worth, but like our, just the importance of what we do to generations that are coming after us. Cause I, I'm hoping something will create some bell to go off in Roger Goodell's head as to like listening to, you know, the issues and problems of NFL cheerleaders. But I think you guys being so close to the youth, but I just think it's something to just brainstorm, frankly, because I think we're at a point if unionizing isn't like the path, we're going to have to appeal to Roger Goodell in some way, since he's kind of like the, everything rolls up to him, our contracts, mediation, like everything, arbitration, whatever path it is to raise any concern at all circles back to him. And I was just trying to think if we actually got the media behind any statement that we could possibly make about what's going on, that I want it to be inspiring versus just telling them how terrible I think things are, because I don't know that that's like, they have no shame, not enough shame. Like everybody can tell them that they're terrible and doing a horrible job and fill in the blank. And I don't know what will bring about change, frankly, but I just feel like it's a different angle. He has twin daughters um, in college, I believe. Even, you know, and it's just kind of like, hear it from a different perspective, maybe. And so those are the thoughts that are running through my mind. But maybe, maybe just being a thought partner, if I ever send a random message to your account of like, what do you think about this? But I just think it's something about the youth, though, that I think is really what's going to, in my mind, resonate a little bit more. Because, you know, our time as NFL cheerleaders is is limited. It's always like turnover every year. And there'll always be people who are willing, who are dying to put those boots on and follow in our footsteps. So no matter what changes they make or don't make to the program, there's always going to be people in this current crop that are going to be wanting to do it regardless. But when you think about any real like cutoff or like just a generation of young girls or boys that are coming up, this should be a better space. I'm sorry. Like it really needs to be in a better place by the time that they're at that age. And I just think we just have to paint the picture somehow. It's like, for them to see the continuum and these people hello also become nfl fans you guys probably still rock your Jets stuff and cheer for the team look at both of us right now (laughs) (laughs) i got the glimpses of it but you know what i mean like it's a continuum and hopefully from a financial perspective of just like this makes good business sense for you to care about women and what they think and have to say and also just just the pipeline because the kids i love kids I mean, I'm just a sucker for everything having to do with their their view of the world and their potential in it. And so for anybody who has this dream or looks up to you guys for what you've done, I want them to feel great and excited about what future they would be becoming a part of. I mean, these kids too, I'm sure you have this perspective already, but they're growing up in a different time than we all grew up in. Like they have access to this. Like I think- they also are more in tune to what's going on right now in terms of mm-hmm. gender and equality and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, to put it frank, I, I feel like to an extent, if the NFL doesn't get its act together in terms of, you know, treating these cheerleading organizations with, you know, the respect and equality that they deserve to a point, I think, you know, the upcoming generation is going to get, for lack of a better term, turned off or not want to yeah. do it. Not want to do it. 
yeah. not want to do it. And that's a yeah. shame. Yeah. That's yeah. a shame. That's why I'm to my point before, like, I, I hope that there's something more to look forward to for the youth, like, yeah, get them to want to do it. And then for them to feel like they have something after that, like, it's not just check it off, like for us, check it off your list. And you know, you have all these great experiences to look back on. I mean, it's great, but I feel like we deserve, you deserve more. You worked so hard for that, that, you know, you put so much time and effort and sweat and tears and laughs and cries into it there should be something you should be respected you should feel comfortable like sam said and you should have for that whatever that might be but there should be something yeah Uh, at 14 we didn't have access to learn about you know all this stuff in the rehearsal room behind the palms you know it was just kind of like you're blind to it this is the dream this is the goal you show up this is the way things are. So I'm going to go with it because I made it versus like, I feel like these kids now they're able to, and they're going to make more conscious decisions about if they decide to audition or not because Mm -hmm. of social media and things are in the news and blah, 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 and this and that. It's just stuff that we didn't have access to when we were younger. So So, so true. And I love that the younger generations are like demanding more and expecting more and they're they're finding most creative ways to hold companies accountable for things that they think are like BS or, you know, not right. And rather than them being like turned off to our sport and what we do, especially if they love dance. I mean, I'm seeing like that frustration building with like college cheerleaders that are going through a bunch of crap right now with not being able to compete at nationals. And, you know, there's just this brewing frustration for sure, but I wouldn't hate for them to, because they are, hitting this roadblock that they just decide to walk away from dance because what we do becomes essentially extinct. It's something we do have to fight for. And I just think that that's the part that worries me is just that either seeing that the system or the structure or whatever, not structure, but this, I hate to call it a system, but whatever, like the dynamics of this industry just being so stiff and unmoving that it really can just ruin our space. Now, if it's happening at the college level where you don't even have the opportunity to look forward to competing if you're on a college dance team or cheerleading team because they just willy-nilly decide that you can't, what are you working towards? And like the slope that we are currently on can absolutely impact how people feel about pursuing this as a passion and in the future. And it's just something I'm hoping that rather than get frustrated Mm -hmm. and turned off to it, that they're just willing to like call BS and really push and continue to push, push, push for for change. And maybe showing that we're all connected in that way will help. But what you guys are doing is so important and don't stop. I mean, hopefully there'll be something that they can look forward to and beyond, obviously, too. Just thank you guys for your time. And all right. thank you for everything you thank do you. for the industry. Yeah. Oh, do. thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate hearing feedback because it does, it matters, you know. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.